we've had the raising of the U.S. Fed interest rates and the highest rates over since many, many years. And, and gold has typically been an inverse relationship to that, but gold has held up very well over the last year. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics on a Tuesday afternoon and excited today because obviously we dig into the silver space quite a bit here on the show. Although today have an expert on the gold side who is Shane Williams of West Red Lake Gold and has certainly quite an impressive background, which I'll let him touch on in just a moment. And um, obviously a lot going on in the gold circuit as well at the Fed meeting last week and leaving gold slightly below $2,000 as we record today on August 1st. So great to have you in here today, Shane. It's a pleasure to finally catch up and meet you. I know we've been planning this for a while and welcome on in. How are you today, my friend? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me on, uh, Chris. It's, it's, it's great to be on. So good. I'm good. I'm good. And gold, as you say, moving towards 2000. So it's an exciting time to be in the gold space and a new, bringing a new company forward. Yeah, and we will certainly touch on that because interesting to me how gold has hung in there despite everything that's happened in the past year or so since we hit the bottom of the cycle. But before we get into uh, gold specifically, perhaps you could just touch on your background a bit. I think it'd be helpful for people to know some of the experience you have in mining because obviously uh, we'll be digging into that a bit today as well. And perhaps you could touch on some of the experience you have. Yeah, so pr prior to taking on the road at Westford Lake, um, my recent experience was with a company called Skeena Resources. Many of your viewers and listeners might know the road Skeena, which is the old SK Creek project from Barry. So I spent four years as the COO for Skeena Resources, really from the early stages of that company, and um, managing to do the deal with Barrick and taking that project forward all the way from an early stage exploration to a, a large developer company really over the last four or five years. So my background is really on moving projects forward and getting them into operation. Prior to that, I was with a company called Eldorado Gold, who many of you know, a major mining company. And um, I spent eight years with Eldorado Gold, working around the world, building and operating their mines. I spent some time in Turkey, they have two big operations in Turkey. I moved across to Greece where I built their Scurious project, which is a big project they're working on at the moment. I practically built that, put that ready to go. And then I worked from there. I moved across to um, their Canadian operation and was involved in the doing the, the due diligence, the purchase, the acquisition of the Lamac project, which many of your listeners will know from uh, who was originally with Integra. And we did the deal. We, um, we, there was an early stage study on that, some exploration. And we, we took that into production in an 18 to two month, two year period. So it was a really fast track sort of a into production phase of project. And that today is operating in El Rado's portfolio and it's their best operating company today. So we really put in a good team in place to run that operation. It's been very successful. So that's, that's really my background operating and, and developing projects last number of years. So. Well, it's pretty impressive what you've done and certainly a lot of experience. And I'm sure you've checked the gold price chart a time or two in between all of that. And again, we're recording on Tuesday, August 1st, uh, a little bit of a difficult day for 
Gold and silver prices down quite a bit. Here we see the futures down $27. Um, although, Shane, it's been an interesting year. We're coming up uh, just about 11 months now, uh, so close to a year since gold and silver prices hit their bottom. And that's been in the midst of the Fed continuing to raise rates, perhaps higher than many people thought and, and continuing on with those hikes. Yet here we are still uh, not too far off from that $2,000 level, which I find a bit impressive. And just curious, uh, any thoughts you have in, in terms of the pricing of where gold stands today? And perhaps uh, if you have any opinions on where you think things might be headed, given the dynamics going on out there. Yeah, look, like like yourself, I think gold has held up very well. You know, we've had the raising of the U.S. Fed interest rates and the highest rates over since many, many years. And, and gold has typically been an inverse relationship to that. But gold has held up very well over the last year um, to 18 months during them raise, those Fed raises. Um, you know, as a as a guy who background in operations and development, a lot of gold mi miners are making a lot of money today at 1900 gold, close to 2000. So I know there's a lot of focus on gold and the gold market, but I think it's holding up quite well, given the macroeconomics that are going on in the background around the Fed raising interest rates. So, yeah, we're, we're pretty excited about it. And um, I do feel that as the Fed is coming close to the end of the raising of rates, we, we believe and I, I think a lot of people believe that gold will come back under um, focus and have a bit of a growth story and a bit of a spurt as we go on. You know, there's been so much liquidity put into the market and there's been a big focus on you know on on the spend and inflation and i think at some stage the fred is going to have to pivot and i i see that as a big opportunity for the gold market to do a little bit of a run so yeah i'm i'm quite optimistic about the future of gold and you know that's why we started to put this company together on timing i think the timing is perfect yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying there. And you mentioned uh, whether they do pivot at some point and perhaps what stood out to me the most uh, from some of these Fed press conferences is that in their own economic projections, they talk about rates being about a full point lower in 2024, another full point lower in 2023. So you wonder if, if gold is hung in close to $2,000 while they're hiking. It is interesting to imagine what happens when they start cutting and obviously a lot of reasons whether it's recession fears or even just the as, as you're probably well aware here in the u.s we have a large debt load with an interest expense growing seems like that even aside from the fed uh talking about in their projections that that almost has to happen eventually yeah, I think so. There's a lot of talk, as you know, on the macro side about something breaking. You know, interest rates have rose very, very quickly over the last year. And there's always a lag to this. You know, mortgage mortgage holders, big the big commercial banks, you know, it'll take some time for that to flow through to the market, I believe. And some of them must be beginning to suffer with those interest rates popping up. And I believe it's only a matter of time. We've had that earlier in the year where some of the regional banks in the U.S., had those issues. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of talk that there's a lot more out there that potentially will, 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 that will happen to. It's just a matter of time. And I think when that starts to happen, there's, there'll be a bit of a cascade effect. And that's where I think the Fed will start to use language around stopping raises, maybe potentially pivoting. 
I think that's the opportunity for gold, I believe, to, to, to do a bit of a run. And silver, gold and silver, the precious metals. Yeah, and you mentioned that we did have those issues earlier with the banks, and and I personally don't think that we've seen the end of that. Um, and it was interesting, the response, gold and silver had been declining a little bit from highs earlier this year. And you saw, especially on, I mean, certainly in the futures market as well, but especially a lot of people seeming really concerned and buying physical metal, which was uh, quite noticeable. And certainly if we do see a return of that, um, especially with a lot of commercial real estate debt set to get turnover, we will see how that goes. Though another thing that has been interesting that we've seen throughout the past year, this has been new where now we get even the mainstream banks talking about higher forecast for gold. Here was JP Morgan earlier this week. Uh, maybe their report came out last week, but they were talking about higher gold prices uh, in the towards the end of this year um, and a higher price going into 2024. Similar, we had a report from Citigroup raising their 2024 gold price target. So it seems like it's not just the gold and silver bugs anymore that now there's a wider realization that, hey, this this might not be a, a, another brief spike. Yeah, no, and I also think to point out that even though the gold was under pressure, all the central banks of the world were buying a lot of gold. You know, there was a, over the last year, there's been a lot of purchases from central banks of gold, building up the gold. So, you know, it's as if people know what's coming and they're beginning to get ready. As you say, the market is slightly turning. The big banks are coming out. The central banks are buying a lot. So I think it's only a matter of time before that, that pitters down to the next level, which is the retail level and the investment banks, et cetera, coming back into the market. And as we said, gold has, hold up, has held up very well over the year. So it won't take a lot of you know, new money into gold to drive that gold price. Yeah, and that's actually one of the other questions I wanted to run by you. Um, again, I mentioned we talk about silver a lot, where certainly mainstream money has not been flowing back in. I would say even on the mining side, a lot of people still feeling burned after what, what's happened in the past 20 years with, especially on the junior side, companies' share prices being down a bit. Have you seen uh, much difference on the gold side? Are people starting to come back in there yet or still a bit cautious? Yeah, still a bit cautious. Small, small little bit of money is beginning to come back in. I think it's the the early adopters, as we say, beginning to come back in. Um, up to now, there has been a bit of a muted response, but it's just starting. I can see it just beginning to start now as more and more of the big banks come out with the new forecasts and there's talks beginning to be of recession next year, et cetera, et cetera. We are starting to see a little bit of money flow back into gold. And, and historically, you know, Rick Rule also says this a little bit that, the portfolio allocation of most people was historically around 5%, and it's it's gone down very, very low now. And if that sort of, if it even reverts to mean, there'll be a huge amount of flow back into the precious metal space, and that will drive silver and gold stocks, I believe, very, very high over the next number of years, for sure. Yeah, and it, it's interesting how you phrase that, because... I guess there's a degree to which a lot of the people in the gold and silver space aren't always the biggest fans of some of the Wall Street banks yet. 
when they do start issuing those reports, I mean, that goes through to the institutions, a lot of high net worth people. And you would think that actually does have quite an impact as that starts getting picked up more on the banking level. It, yes, no, it will. And and the gold market is, is relatively small in relation to for the institutions. So when they start to allocate some money into that, you know, it's like a, a funnel, basically. There's a huge amount of money going into it into a smaller market and that does drive and they go into the stocks a lot of them physical metal but where they get the leverage is into the gold miners and the silver miners and that's where i think you'll get a lot of leverage if you look back at the 2000s when when it started to move again you got a huge upside in those stocks a lot of those stocks and i think they were we're about to see that happen again into the end of this year and into next year well, I think a lot of people are obviously looking forward to that. And again, one of the other things I wanted to ask you on the mining side, obviously one of the issues last year, we finally got the inflation. We finally saw the resulting price increases from that inflation of the money supply, which has obviously made its impact on the mining sector, where very capital intensive business, very energy intensive uh, I see here from uh, this was from the World Gold Council. They're showing a twelve hundred seventy six dollar all in sustaining cost. I hear numbers that from various analysts that are generally higher than that. Curious, based on what you see out there, what what is it costing to actually produce an ounce of gold for some of the bigger companies these days? Yeah, look. I, the, the quarterly the quarterly results were out for most of the big miners over the last couple of months. You know they got into Q two, and and we do a good bit of analysis on that and understand it. And and they are getting up. It's definitely a eleven hundred to twelve hundred sort of range is what we're seeing at the moment as an all in sustaining cost. You know obviously the bigger miners with the grade is it makes a big difference high grade operations have a lower cost because it's spread over the amount of ounces but yeah we're seeing around 1200 sort of range as a in eisc but i think that's more of a a relation to the amount of inflation we've seen generated over the last number of years as that inflation begins to tick down over the next number of years as the fed are pushing it i do see those costs come more into it come back down more into line with with historical which is around a thousand thousand dollars an ounce really you know there is a peak in the last 12 months of prices you know we had supply chain issues we had covid we had a lot of um increases on in the market and i do see that beginning to tap, taper off now and obviously if we do go down to that area and it goes it begins to ease off a little bit we will see those costs come down for sure Okay. And another thing that we talked about before we hit the record button was that obviously over time, it, you know, a lot of the easy higher grade deposits are found and we're seeing lower grades. Um, curious, I don't know if it's a matter of hitting peak gold yet, but how much uh, of the easier targets are out there going forward? Is that we reached the point where most of the things that are higher grade and easy to find have been depleted or what do you see in terms of the pipeline going forward? Yeah, look, there's there's a lot of districts in, in, in the world where high grade deposits are still to be found, you know, or historically where high grades have been. And 
And, and you know, for our, our company moving forward, obviously we're in the Red Lake district of, of Canada. Historically, it's had very, very high grade deposits. And so that's where we pro focused on because that's the biggest bang for getting your, your higher grade deposit. But across the world, yeah, grades are, are falling. Um, and there's a lot of competition in the industry for people, labor, et cetera. And so, yeah, we we do see opportunities there, but we've you've got to focus on the high grade camps, as we call them, to get to get those big um, numbers on grade. Yeah, and you, you also, another thing you just touched on there and had mentioned earlier was that it is getting harder to find the people to do the mining, the different uh, skill sets that are involved in that, uh, especially with a lot of people in the mining sector getting older. And uh, perhaps you could touch on that a bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, the mining industry over the last number of years, um, the, a lot of the senior leaders and a lot of the people who built and operated these mines over many, many years, a lot of them are getting older. They're they're the baby boomers as we know it today, and they're they're beginning to retire from the industry. And and typically, a lot of people say it takes ten to fifteen years to put an operation and a mine into production. And so those that group of leaders and people with the experience are not going to be there for the next wave. You know, there's a lot of push around the world on critical metals and gold and silver moving forward. And I'm, I believe that having the team and the core team that you can get that are have experience and have done this and are still reasonable mid mid career level people who can bring these minds forward for the next 10 years and build companies on that. And that's very important as we build our company out to make sure we have a good mix of young, energetic people with experience and then the older experienced people who can guide and help and support that as we move forward. I, I see that as a real issue going forward for the industry, the mining industry as we go forward, Chris. Yeah, it's certainly uh, something to keep an eye on, especially in business that is not overall the easiest thing to do. Uh, of course, then there's the whole permitting issue and uh, just a lot of challenges. And as I mentioned to you earlier, I'd recently seen my first gold mine in person and just seeing all the steps that go into that. So uh, certainly, uh, again, impressive the background that you have in being involved with so many of these different projects. And Shane, perhaps uh, you could give us an update of how things are coming along. You joined West Red Lake Gold just about uh, two months ago now, I guess it was. And perhaps you could uh, give people an overview of what you've been doing there and what you're moving forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just early in the job, getting getting my feet under the ground, basically, getting going. But um, yeah, West Red Lake is really a, a company that we recently did a large and purchase an asset purchase basically out of the CCA process, which is the, the Madsen mine in um, in Red Lake. Um, and this was owned by original operator was Pure Gold. Um, they obviously had a lot of issues uh, going there and they went into the bankruptcy process. We managed to secure the assets. Basically, um, this, this operation has had around $350 million of capital spent on this project over a number of years. We've managed to do a fantastic deal where we bought it for $6 million um, and, and, and uh, some a royalty to Sprott plus some contingent payment. So really we ended up buying this for pennies on the dollar really when you look at the value. And our plan is to move this forward. We're gonna take some time, understand the project, 
do a lot of some drilling and some development, really de-risk the project before we even think about restarting the project. So the next 18 months will be around de more definition drilling, doing some development, getting ourselves really set up for the production restart. We haven't, you know, down the road, whenever that is, it might be 18 months, it might be 24 months, but we're really going to take our time to understand the project. And we've also done a lot of work on understanding the previous operator and some of the lessons learned from that. And as we move that forward, move the project forward, really. Yeah, and Shane, you also had some drill results out this morning from the Rowan project. And uh, perhaps you could give people an overview of that that mine and how things are coming along there. Yeah, historic, historically, before we ended up doing the Matson deal, West Red Lake had the Rowan property. And the Rowan property is on the other side of the lake, on, on Red Lake. Um, it's an exploration project, an historic mine. There was historic mines in that region. But it's... Um, yeah, it's very exciting because our team have just got into that. There was a and started to drill that this year. We're spending, we've done about 17,000 meters of drilling. We're increasing that to 25,000 meters. Um, and again, typical red leg, very, very high grade and some decent widths on that. So we see this as a potential um, satellite deposit. Now that we've secured Madsen and the mill, we have a mill in place and we were able to secure this as a, as a feed a feed for that Madsen mill. So a satellite kind of a hub and spoke system where this would be a feed in to fill the mill in Madsen. So we're excited about this. And as you can see, some very, very high grades over some very decent mineable widths in, in there. And these systems tend to in Red Lake, as they go deeper and deeper, they begin to get higher grade. And we're seeing that in some of the results we're seeing. It's it's still early. We still have a lot of drilling to do, but we're very excited about this property as an addition property and a feed for Matson Mill. Yeah, I can imagine you were happy to get some of these drill results back and uh, certainly some positive news you had there. And uh, Shane, perhaps uh, in wrapping up, obviously you have some drilling that's ongoing. Anything else in terms of the next few months that people should be looking out for or any milestones or notes or anything else you'd like to share about the project? Yeah, over the next few months, the focus will be obviously drilling on Rowan. I, I expect to get a lot of good results like that out of Rowan. We are seeing as we go deeper and drill in that, that's going to be drive a lot of uh, news flow over the next number of years. We have one drill working there. And um, we're also really beginning to get into um, the Madsen mine. We we haven't, you know, the deal only closed in early June. So we're just getting in there. We're going to start drilling in there um, some extension drilling. Um, and, and really, that is a very high-grade deposit. So I do see a lot of exciting news coming out of that as we get in and drive and drive the drive the value of that project to really understand it. We are going to go back in and do some development and some underground drilling. So that would be some some key catalysts coming over the next number of months. Well, it sounds like you've come along just at the right time. Obviously, you have an impressive background, and it was nice to be introduced to you from my dear friend Sean Kunkun, who's uh, running Dolly Varden and certainly has done some impressive things there as well. And um, glad to see that you're in a good role where you're going to be able to use your skill set. And perhaps just uh, could you let folks know the website address if they'd like to find out more and stay in touch with what you're doing? Yeah, yeah. So it's um, westredlakegold.com. And we've just 
updated the website. Actually, we've done a, we're doing a bit of work on the website. I came in and there's a bit of rebranding to be done, obviously, taking over the assets. So it's westredlakegold.com. We're also on the we're on the TSXV and we're on the OTC as well. So there's WRLG and, and WRLGF are two um ticker symbols. Well, Shane, I appreciate that. Appreciate you making some time to check in and talk about the gold market and give us a better idea of how things are coming along on the mining side and some of the challenges that are out there for the miners and how things are stacking up right now. So congratulations again on uh, the new role and we'll look forward to following your success. Excellent. Thank you very much, Chris. And, and, and looking forward to where this will go, definitely. As I said, this has been an exciting story and, and I do feel that your listeners should be very interested in following us as we go forward. Well, I appreciate you giving us a rundown and we'll have the link to the website in the description field below and look forward to see how things progress in the next couple of months. Excellent. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you. Great to be on. Thank you.